It's Wednesday, September 4th. You're listening to episode 69 of the Chasing Points podcast. We are your weekly honest dive into the world of sports. How are you? What's up? Happy football. I'm Sam. I'm Brandon. <laughs> Why are you always laughing at me when I do this? Because you always do. Again, I've talked about this on the pod before. I would talk about it again every time Sam does it. Sam does this. I wasn't expecting it for some reason. He stares at me. It's just like, uh, start, and then we go. So no, the reason I stare at you is because we record this over Zoom, and we take the audio from Zoom. Our partners here at Zoom love Zoom. But when we record the Zoom, as you know, if you use Zoom for work or maybe you have a podcast i don't know it's there's this little female like little robot voice it's like recording starting now and then you have to hit like an okay and it always we've been doing this is our 69th podcast we've been doing this 69 times and it still catches me off guard every week <laughs> so you have i guess you have a right to laugh at me it, it was a terrible idea to drink water as the time i was laughing just not a good idea that's a advice of the day Don't well we're both oh for one so. then yeah. what's up man how are you happy uh we survived week one of the football season how am i i'm great you know i'm great uh, it's another day above ground um, i'm super happy about that football's back so i mean we have football all the way until february so i mean we're good um i'm just super super happy um how are you hey man i can't complain football's I mean, back could. in our lives your family's good, healthy, job's good. We're uh we get to talk sports and uh hang out and uh people listen to us and that's pretty cool. So maybe I'm, I'm doing well. Maybe they well, listen to us. Let's let's go to it and see if they really listen to us. How about that? There you go. That's fair. Uh lot to talk about this week. Of course, we're gonna look uh back at week one, look ahead at week two in the NFL. Some news out of the NBA that doesn't shock either of us, and uh some some baseball notes and do you care is back uh had a blast last week with uh recording our nfl preview um with with our friends dame and, and harrison so thank you so much for the feedback there and the people that listen and of course our friends uh for humping on hopping on and uh helping out so that was a lot of fun but here we are week one in the books i guess we're going to start here and maybe we don't have to talk about it for two months, but uh, you know, injuries definitely took their toll on week one of the NFL. And mm -hmm. at the, at the top of that list has to be Cowboys quarterback, Dak Prescott, who uh, broke his thumb and uh, had surgery is expected to be out for six to eight weeks, but Jerry Jones isn't putting him on the IR and says there's a chance he could be back in a couple weeks. Hayes, your thoughts on a, uh, What's going on in Dallas right now? Uh, <clears throat> when your program is run by somebody that has, is not, mm, that's the best way to do it, is not in the game, what I mean, not fully immersed in what's going on, doesn't really and hasn't really adapted to the environment, uh, your team is not going to ever get to that point um i know stephen jones has taken over uh some more duties over his over his father to to bring some pieces in and and i i've definitely seen some pieces come in that that have changed the cowboys such as my boy micah parsons um and and, and cd lamb who was non-existent in the first game but you also let 
a lot of huge pieces walk out of that building over the off season and did nothing to improve. And now, which was a part of this problem, you didn't improve that offensive line. Tyron Smith went down and you went and got 40 year old Jason Peters, who has been washed for a little, he played well with the, the bears last year, but whatever, he's still 40 years old and does not move the way that he needs to move against uh, these pass rushers and didn't even play and won't play probably until week three. Uh, and you have Dak out there, the guy that you paid all this money that we now know, well, I should say everybody in football is susceptible to injury, but Dak is a very, very viable piece, uh, vital piece to, to the Cowboys and we allowed him to get exposed. Now, yes, quarterbacks hit their hands on helmets and face masks as they're throwing and so on and so forth, but he broke, fractured his finger. Uh, and if Dak is not there, as we already saw with that gruesome injury that he had, the Cowboys don't move without Dak. Um, so they're going to have Cooper Rush come in and play quarterback. Um, I know there's been rumors of, uh, of them looking at it's not even a rumor. Mike McCarthy said we had a list of quarterbacks. <laughs> Great job, bud. Uh, everybody in the NFL has a list of quarterbacks. But what are you going to do to get one if you're going to go ahead and do that? And if, if and only if, they try to put Dak in before the time this thumb heals, I think that is so stupid. And they're messing up their future. Um, not to say that the Cowboys always think in every future season that they're going to do something, but... This is going to really mess up Dak's future if he re-aggravates it again and they don't properly allow him to heal. And I think he deserves the time to heal. It's not his fault that he got injured. It's really the organization for not putting some studs in front of him so he doesn't get hit. That's my thought. Yeah, a lot. I mean, a lot's been invested in that, that offensive line in the past. I mean, they lost a couple of years ago uh, Frederick, Travis Frederick, to uh, I think he had some kind of uh, rare disease that didn't allow him to i don't quite remember uh what it was but he's not playing football anymore trey smith the rookie that they drafted to play guard he's moved on the outside because um tyron smith got got hurt there um they let jaleel um what's collins leave uh to the Bengals. i mean they have zach martin one of the best guards in in football but yeah when when you you make them when you pay your running back what you paid him and you pay your quarterback what you pay him. Team, you know, you're going to have to let pieces slide. They let pieces in the on the defense go. They had to let Amari go, who was probably making too much money anyway. But um, you know, the the team suffers there. And aside from even when Dak was on the field, we had questions even last week. We, we yeah. spoke extensively about this team. And what did they do or, or as you pointed out, not do in the offseason to make this team better? Like when you, you have the Eagles stocking up and, you know, uh, how we making some some savvy moves in the draft and and to kind of uh, add more talent to the Eagles roster. The Giants are on the upswing. I mean, we we're, we'll get to it in a second. I don't think either of us think they're going to win the division, but. Um, they looked really good uh, the other day, and and even uh, Carson Wentz, uh, you know, the, what did he throw four touchdowns uh, on a on Sunday, like and two picks. <clears throat> hey, it happens. The the, <laughs> the offenses look good. The Cowboys were the only team in Week One that didn't score a touchdown, mm-hmm. and Dak played a good portion of that game. Zeke Zeke looked good, but I really worry about 
what this team's going to look like with uh, Ben DiNucci or Cooper Rush as your quarterback. I think you absolutely, there's some great backup quarterbacks in this league. I mean, Jimmy G is the, uh, is the, you know, probably most popular and best backup quarterback now in the league. And I don't think he's moving. I, I mean, yeah, I don't I, think so either. I mean, I think the the Niners want to keep him there. That's why they brought him back for that one year deal. He lo- he's loved too much in that locker room. And I don't think they fully trust Trey and this will give them an opportunity because they have a roster that could win now. Um, so I, I don't think they move him. So I, I think the Cowboys would have to mortgage a lot. And I don't think they would do that being that Dak is going to come back anyway, meaning either this year, he will definitely be back this year and then the following years to come. So I don't think they mortgage off that much of their team. Uh, but then you have, which is the one I'm key hearing is, is uh, what's his name? Huntley from uh, the Ravens. Yep. Uh, so I know that's a, a name that they're doing, but again, they, that's pieces that they have to give away, Sam. And I don't, I don't know if that's they're- what they, they want to do. They're in a tough spot because this Cowboys roster, I mean, you have Lamb is young. Micah Parsons is is younger. Tony Pollard is younger. But, like, this team is old. And they're in, you know, the Niners are in a win-now mode. But yep. they've also been a very solid team for years now. Um, you know, we don't give Jimmy G a lot of credit, but he they have a, the Niners have a winning record with him there. Cowboys have to win now. I think not – Putting Dak on the IR is a mistake. I think it's a move that owners and, and GMs make so they can still like pump hope into fan bases. Hey guys, if we can survive the next three to four weeks, we'll get Dak back. I mean, I'm not in that training room. I'm not in the locker room, but I, I don't think it's it's the right move for this franchise and trying to pry a backup quarterback, whether it's and I don't think the Eagles will move Garter Minshew or Andy Dalton's plan for the definitely not Saints. to them. No. Well, right, the, exactly. That's why I said I don't yeah. think it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, there's everyone's got a price, but like, mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, I don't think the Eagles are trying to make the Cowboys better. But um, I, I think they're in a position where they're going to have to do something. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, I would. I in fantasy, I would avoid all the Cowboys, maybe except for Zeke, but. Um, well, if they decide to run the damn ball, which they should have done, yeah. and and that's another problem with them is that they stopped running the ball. Like I, I watched that game, most of that game, and I don't really remember. I saw Zeke run the ball a few times and Tony Pollard a couple of times, but it's like I don't remember them running the ball. It's more of Dak just throwing it, and teams are just going to sit back. They're going to pin their ears back and they just come at you if that's all you're doing. You got to have something to break it up. When you have a good running game, it protects your quarterback. So I just don't understand why that's not done more sam that's that's the thing to me if you have those two running backs back there that can run extremely well run them run them into the ground until you got a chance because you're not going to have what this is zeke's last year of his contract if i'm correctly i'm not sure but i think you know i think it once they're in a position to cut him they're going Mm to i mean that that cap hits huge and uh they seem to really like tony pollard even zeke has mentioned that Tony's going to get more of a role um, before the season started. So I don't think they gave it to Pollard enough. Zeke, I'm, and I've been bashing Zeke all uh, preseason too. I've been telling people, uh, you know, not to draft him in fantasy and stuff, but like, I think he's, you know, I think he looked really good. I think I, you know, all things considered, but he, he definitely didn't get enough run. I, I question sometimes, uh, What's his name? The uh, offensive coordinator, the Boise State quarterback. 
who's the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys. My brain is mush. Um, you know, the what's his name? Uh, that guy, yeah. the kid, yeah. the quarterback. Yeah, that does not help me at all. Um, I'll remember his name in a second. Yeah, it's going to come to me like 20 minutes later. But anyway, I I didn't see anything that's like, I mean, I know this uh, Bucks defense is pretty good. um, But Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. There you go. Boise State, blue turf. Look at that. Yep. Um, Yeah. So are the Cowboys toast? I mean, can they win a couple games without Dax? Sure. But I, you know, I don't think uh, I think the writing's been on the wall for a while. It has. Um, but being <laughs> speaking of doomed teams, there's a lot of other injuries that happen uh, in week one already. Um, so I, I don't know, Sam, if you want to just run down a couple of those. We already mentioned Dak uh, as well. We have Eli uh, Mitchell as MCL. Uh, you have TJ Watt, which he mouthed it walking off the field. Uh, that he had a pec tear, and he they did confirm that that happened. That's that's huge. Uh, that's, I mean, I, I if it was any other coach, I'd probably be concerned. But Mike Tomlin is Mike Tomlin. He's going to do the best to make sure that team is ready to go. Uh, Mac Jones back injury. Jamal Adams uh, just Monday night uh, hurt his knee. Uh, Keenan Allen and Chris Godwin hamstrings, uh, and T Higgins concussion. Uh, so I mean, this is. Also, I'll add Derek Barnett, um, but I'm not happy. I don't ever wish anybody injuries, but I'm happy that that penalty walking is not going to be on the field for us this season for the Eagles. Again, I'm not happy about his injury. Not happy about his injury. Don't wish any major injury on him, but I am so happy that that's less of a chance of a penalty. Um, yeah, it, I mean, this is this comes with the territory. We know as soon as week one, there's going to be people that aren't going to make it out of week one. We also know there's people that aren't going to make it out of the preseason, right? So this is just this is comes with the territory at this point. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's uh, pretty pretty interesting on the the injuries. You want to go into uh, some power rankings after week one already? We got power let's, rankings, Sam. Let's power do it, man. Rankings. Hey, uh, you want to start up? Just start at the top. I mean, sure. You you lead off, man. Hey, our uh, our question here in the rundown is: Are the Bills who we thought they were? I think so, man. What a performance by Josh Allen and the Bills on opening night uh, in the defending champ stadium. Just shut them down. Um, Josh Allen was just a, a man possessed. Stefan Diggs looked great. Uh, he got uh, Gabe Davis and, and Isaiah McKenzie involved, too. This mm-hmm. Bills offense looked great. The defense, even without uh, Tredarius White, looked great. Von Miller looked like he was you know, a rookie again, right? I mean, he was just all over the field and uh, he even called himself the new, the NFL KD. Did you see that? I did. And I love basically it. like I'm ring chasing. I don't care. Like, well, that, and then also that he has burner accounts. Burner accounts. Too. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. He's good he's, for him. Man. It. Yep. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah. So uh, thoughts on, you know, we don't have to, you know, the, the Rams laid an egg on opening night here. We don't have to go into each game here, but what do you think uh, on the Bills' uh, performance on Thursday? And um, they certainly have the target on their back as you know the team to watch or one of the teams to watch this season. Well, I'll run through the power ranking for the top ten, and then I'm going to tell you what I think about the Bills because they 
are number one. So Bill's number one, number two. These are these are Hayes's power rankings. No, this is the CBS power rankings. <laughs> it's oh, not okay. mine. It's not mine. Gotcha. No. Uh, I'll give you my power rankings after like week three. That's when I'll give you my true ones. I don't like to really dive into deep until I see like three weeks because the first two weeks to me are kind of like preseason, and then like the third week, I just feel like it's like okay now. You kind of know what they are. So the beginning of week four, you'll have Brandon's power ranking. That's for sure. Uh, but per CBS, uh, you got the Bills at one, Chiefs at two, Bucks at three, the Eagles at four. I'm a diehard Eagles fan. I'm not putting them at four. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to be completely honest with you. It's nice to see, but no. Um, five Chargers, six Saints, seven Vikings, uh, eight Ravens, nine Packers, ten Rams. All right, so that's CBS for the top 10. Um, I think that's pretty pretty interesting in that in itself. Uh, to your question, Sam, when it comes to the Bills, uh, they are who we thought they were, for sure. Um, started off a little bit slow, uh, but then they put on a show after that. Now, mind you, I didn't get to watch it because I was at a concert of somebody that I've been trying to see for the past six years, and it finally happened. Uh, but I definitely saw some some updated scores while I was standing there waiting during intermission and waiting for set changes. Uh, so to see that the rate of, that the bills were up 31 to 17, <laughs> I uh, was just like, what is going on with the Rams? Um, what they, they sorely miss Von Miller. Um, that I, I, there's nothing else I can say about that. They definitely miss Von Miller um, on the defensive side. Because now Aaron Donald doesn't have that luxury of not being double teamed um, because it would leave somebody like Von Miller open. Um, but the Bills are scary. And adding Von Miller and that to that already phenomenal defense, Sam, <laughs> uh, good luck, teams. Um, you're giving yeah. the Bills, uh, you're giving the Rams too much credit. It was 31 10. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. 31 10. I apologize. Alan Robinson, nowhere to be found. Yep. He played most of the game. Nowhere to they, be well, found. they didn't scheme him in. You can tell they didn't yeah. scheme him in. Yeah, at all. Like, dude, you've had six, seven, eight months to do this. Uh Cam Akers goose egg. Yep. Um, you know, Darnell Henderson's probably the lead running back there. Um, and you even had a it was just man, uh it was weird. Uh though Sean McVay's uh never started a seat or never been under 500 or something like that. Yeah, something crazy like that um they will uh they'll get this team right but uh, you know it came out before the game too as we were talking about last week matt stafford elbow surgery in the offseason like this team is they're certainly gonna they have a tough schedule i think i think we mentioned it was like the second toughest schedule mm -hmm. according to vegas to start the year and uh they're, they're gonna be tested and uh the bills give them a pretty good test another really good test though how was Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs going to deal uh, look without, well, you know, Tyreek Hill? Before okay. we get to that, you said something All about right. Darnell Henderson, and I have yeah. a fantasy question for you. Yeah, let's let, let's do it. Darnell Henderson is on my bench, but Jamal Williams is a free agent. Do I keep Darnell Henderson, or do I get Jamal Williams? I th uh, I would say just the way I know Williams was involved. I think he scored a goal line touchdown two, last week. Two touchdowns. If two I'm touchdowns. All right, but yep. De DeAndre Swift, one of my favorite players in football, looked looked fantastic. Looked yeah. like Pro Bowler. Yeah, uh, Pro Bowler for sure. So yeah. I would say it, 
I wouldn't feel confident with anyone in the Rams running game, but I, I feel like it's probably better to, there's probably someone else you could drop if you feel like you need Jamal Williams, but that's I would fair. probably keep Henderson. That's fair. just for volume. Okay. That's fair. I just wanted to ask Sam while we were on air. I mean, he's a fantasy guru, so I take it. Well, I'm not um, a guru. I just spend way too much time doing it. Yeah. Guru. Anyway. Uh, so uh, I also, am, I'm trying to pick up juice Jarvis Landry for you. Juice. No, uh, that's for, a uh, good Scanley. one. For Scantley, because uh, <laughs> see what you did there. Well played, sir. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was phenomenal. Uh, for the Chiefs, <laughs> uh, they look. Uh, I, I, I've said it. I will continue to say this. This is not having Tyreek Hill is going to make Patty Mahomes better. Um, and no matter what anybody says, that is my complete opinion. Because if you don't have a major weapon, and you still have other weapons around you. You have to learn how to spread the ball around. Um, he has veteran wide receivers, unlike what Aaron Rodgers has, which is not a lot of veteran wide receivers. So he can't pass the ball around. And when he does pass the ball and it's a perfect pass, it goes right through people's hands. So there's that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it does make them better. And he still has Travis Kelsey, so who I still believe is the best tight end in football. So, yeah, there you go. Giving you no reason to believe otherwise, dude was a monster on Absolutely. Sunday. Five um, touchdowns passes? Uh yeah, Patrick Mahomes had five touchdown passes. I actually took I had a couple bets this week at I I don't know, did you did you place any play any I, I props not, or anything like that? I have not bet anything in quite some time, sir. Uh it was over under Pat Mahomes two and a half touchdowns. And I went the over. Cause in first week of the season, he's like a man possessed, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, he had that. Kelsey was 121 in a touchdown on eight receptions. So, you know, he's still going to get the ball. Um, yeah. MVS there. Juju dropped some balls, but he had had some plays and and they're going to. They're going to get they're going to figure it out. I mean, to to just cast away Tyree Kill and say, like, it's not a big deal is I, I don't think the right thing to do No, uh, because he still and you saw it. He's still a dynamic uh, you know, player, and he's still, if not the fastest dude in the league. He um, is the fastest for sure. Uh, so you're definitely going to miss that. I think that the Chiefs have a lot of problems on the defensive side of the ball. And again, to the earlier point with the Cowboys, when you pay your quarterback $50 million, and again, that's the going great. I'm not going to argue what the market says about a quarterback. And if any of anyone in the NFL is worth that it's Patrick Mahomes, the rest of your team is going, you know, you're, you're going to lose on the margins here. You're going to lose some, some yeah. talent and uh, that the defense is going to be a problem this year. The line looked good, but all things considered, like, but I, I think they're going to, it's definitely going to continue to be chiefs football. It's going to be a just scoring fest. You know, I, I don't know what they're going to be able to stop. It's Andy Reed a hall of fame head coach. There's no way that he's going to let that team stay stagnant. So that's just asinine. If you think that's going to be the case, it's just not going to happen. Um, you have a note here and yeah. it says, what's Sam wrong about the Vikings? Well, Sam, what was your opinion about the Vikings? I thought the Vikings and I still kind of think the Vikings are average. I think mm -hmm. Kirk cousins is exceptionally average. I think he's 59, 59 and two for his career. That said, Justin Jefferson 
is the best receiver in football. I think he's, I mean, I don't, there, there's Devontae maybe. Jamar Chase is getting there. Uh, you know, Tyreek Hill was in the conversation that, you know, Justin Jefferson's just a man. He was a man possessed. He had, he had more total yards than the Packers did at halftime. Yeah, well, he, you, you're going to have that when um, you're standing out in the field naked um, and nobody's absolutely around you. I don't know what the defensive coordinator of the Packers was thinking, um, not keeping a shadow over him. Uh, but the fact that he was just sitting in zone now, I'm not saying he's not a great route route runner. He is that 100% is that, and he can get open no matter what, but to be that wide open to a point that literally is standing still and not moving and catching a pass. And then kind of himself being like, wow, I was that wide open. And then doing a stutter, stutter go, and then basically scoring. Um, yeah, there's, there's no reason that should happen. I do you think can't... you are wrong though. I do think that the Vikings are going to be an absolute problem uh this year uh because now they actually have an offensive coordinator uh you know the guy that yeah. just so happened to scheme cooper cup open multiple times last year um and i think he's going to continue to do that with justin jefferson so i think he's going to have a an all pro year for sure um you can't play zone against us justin no, jefferson no. you just you can't so i think you were going to say that before you just you can't um i think i'm probably wrong I I will get to this in a second. I'm not gonna bury the the Packers here. Um, you know, I think they'll figure things out in the receiving they core, do. but they do. But I, I think this Vikings team is gonna be better than I definitely I, I thought they were gonna be good, mm -hmm. but I think they're they could easily win this division. I think I think they could, uh, but I do have to agree with you on this part, and this is the only part that I think I will is because I've never had faith in Kirk Cousins. So uh, you and I 100% agree on that one. He is uh, average to me. Uh, he's He got lucky. He pulled a, a Sam Bradford on them and got some uh, – got his uh his raise and his guarantee money and I don't think I would have ever remotely paid him anywhere close to that um so Vikings fans I hope you like that um let's see what you did there thank you uh so what was Nathaniel Hackett thinking last night Monday that is of what was he thinking at that point in time he has the ops to go for a 64 yard field goal instead of letting Russ cook. Was it the right call, Sam? Uh no. I, I don't know. Were you watching the Manning cast at all or did you watch the the Joe Buck uh the traditional cast? I, but Peyton Manning was I don't know if you saw it, but Peyton was going nuts. He was going irate night. when they were like, running the time off the clock. Yeah. It's like and yeah. I'm sitting there like what what's this dude doing? I mean they're trying to get field uh field possession here or you know more uh get closer to the I can't speak today. Good thing I have a podcast. Um, I McManus is a good kicker, but we're also not in Denver here. I mean, okay. Seattle is a even. You, we saw this team's not very good, and uh, they they still came to just bury Russell Wilson and, and the Broncos. The twelve showed up. They definitely showed up last night. Oh yeah, um, they did. It. I, I I don't know. I think it was a, a boneheaded play. Um, you know, 64 yards is, is like an NFL record, isn't it? Or it's tied a record. It's right there. I mean, 
yeah the the percentage of hitting that is is very 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 rare um in the last 30 years it's six percent exactly <laughs> so the fact that a you have one of the most clutch quarterbacks in the history of nfl under center uh he's driven you down there and has gotten you basically in the red zone all night even though you get the the broncos could not score in the red zone at all the the Seahawks held their own in the red zone all night. Um, yep. And I'm telling you right now to those that are watching or listening or uh, paying attention to what's going on in the Broncos, that will not happen all season. I promise you that that will not happen all season. Um, but Sam, I, I, I passed the ball and and what all I could think about ironically last night was this is Russ's first game against the Seahawks. And it comes down to a play at the end of the game that this time takes the ball out of his hands, where in the Super Bowl, the ball was in his hands and they lost. And this time it was the opposite way around where, well, they 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 could have went for it. And I just don't understand why you I'd much rather go for it. First of all, time management, going back to that point. Yeah. You Peyton burned Manning like 20, 30 seconds. Yeah. On, yeah. You burn all that time with three timeouts left. Go for it. Right. Because if you get it, guess what? You can get closer, burn the timeouts at that point in time, and then kick a way closer field goal. And then you probably walk off with a win. And that's what made me think that he wanted uh Hackett one to kick a field goal the whole time. Because you don't want, if you miss, you don't want to leave all that time on the clock. Yeah, but I mean, I know it's case, Geno Smith, but but if that's the case, Sam, to your point, then they should have ran off way more time because they left 20 seconds on the clock after that's, that. That's a good point. That's fair, too. I <laughs> so mean, it, that was just dumb. Like all around, that was just dumb. And it just proves that a guy that was a play caller, right, was never a head coach in anything. Right. A guy, again, this was another questionable call that I said, mm, OK, we're getting this head coach out of nowhere and. I know, Sam, you you kind of try to walk me back a little bit. It was like, you know, no, he did well as an offensive coordinator with the Packers. It's not a shot at you. And I was like, okay, I'll give this guy a chance. But I never trust guys that have never been a head coach anywhere else or have so what never about, been. So I, I understand the argument, and I guess you have to start somewhere. And I yeah, think like you do. when you when you pluck guys like this, it, it sometimes just they have to start somewhere, but it usually they do. doesn't they do. work out great. But what about a guy like Eric Bieniemy, who we both love and think should have had a job years ago? He's got the best quarterback, if not, you know, he's got the best quarterback that he is allegedly calling plays for. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers has been with Hackett for a number of years. And yeah. Aaron Rodgers yeah. is was the best quarterback in football before, and he might still be. I mean, he's back to back MVP. Did, did so? It's the did same. Hackett argument. win a championship with Aaron Rodgers? No. I don't believe Did the enemy so. win a championship with Patrick Mahomes. He, he has. I, okay. I saw it. So that's I, I that. What I that was where I would put the differential. That's right fair. There. Okay. That's, right. that's that'd be it. It's like okay, well, <laughs> okay. same thing. Sure, and, you know, <laughs> that that would be my argument right there. Like, oh well, you know, one's won one, one has it. Um, but no, I to your point. To be to be fair, um, I I do that that point does make sense. You do need to to start somewhere. I just feel like sometimes some of these guys are are uh 
all right, reaches, right? And yeah. I'm not again, this is his first his first game as a head coach. So there's a lot that happens in that. And again, I'm not a head coach. Sam, you're not a head coach. Uh, we don't have all the pressure of being in that division, which is going to be arguably the best division that we've seen in quite some times, if ever, right? All the pressure to come right out of the gate. It's a big game for Russell Wilson going back home, back to the Seahawks, the team that he's been with all these years. So there's so much built up there, right? So there's a lot that was going on in that. So I don't want to judge somebody at their worst point. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's very young and hopefully a long career for Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. It's hard being a head coach in this league. Um, he certainly has the offensive resume to to have an opportunity in the league. That's for sure. Russell Wilson. This is from CBS Sports. Russell Wilson's conversion rate in the fourth quarter in his career, fourth and five or less, his conversion rate is sixty nine percent. Fourth and five or more, it's still forty percent. Yeah, and he's a future Hall of Famer. Give him the ball. Yeah, I play the percentages for sure. Um, that's definitely what you what you do. But I mean, you know, the, again, I still think it's as I mentioned earlier, the first two to three games to me are preseason games. Yeah, especially with count, one less game. game. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. especially now with one less preseason game. Nobody's. I mean, the re- you know we're about to talk about are any one and zero and one teams you know in trouble. The Rams didn't famously don't play any of their starters yeah yeah and you saw it on thursday night they're just just rusty i mean stafford was hardly throwing in the preseason i mean you got new guys like alan robinson cam Akers looked awful in the playoffs last year he's coming off an achilles tear i mean yep. there's still um shout out my achilles brother there you go yeah it's a, it was a big day for the Achilles guys. James Robinson looked yes. great coming yes. back from Achilles. Very happy for my guys. Brandon Graham back. Yeah. Uh, you know, just a lot of good people. Sterling uh, Shepard. Sterling Shepard. Uh, a person that didn't have Achilles injury that just was getting burnt like he lost his Achilles was Jalen Ramsey, as we're talking about the Rams. Uh, don't know what he's doing back there. Um, I, I just hope it's not – we're not watching – the a massive decline from him because he's such a great talent and and you got to remember that these guys are getting younger and they're getting faster and the guys that have been in the league are getting older and slower so i just hope that he's just not washed because i love watching him play and roam the backfield so. he was so important to that team last he year was, and and was. you know just he's the he played i mean we could pull it up where he lined up he was everywhere the yeah. days of him just staying you know the criticism was early on that he just stayed on his side and just you know stayed on the right side and did his thing there the guy was a swiss army knife for them last year and so important i think it was probably just i mean the super bowl hangover might just be a a real thing there's been a it's a reason that you know the last team to do it was the patriots 18 19 years ago i mean yeah when you have psychos like tom brady and bill Belichick that only and he still weren't able to do it about that yeah yeah, and this Tom Brady's only been able to do it once. Think about all the times he's been in the Super Bowl. So it's hard. It's yeah. hard. Um, so any uh speaking of that, speaking of things being difficult, any O and one teams in trouble here? You you worried you uh you throwing up the flag for any of them? No. I don't yeah. again to my point that I keep the, making the contenders. The contenders were not you know yeah, yeah, I know I, yeah for the people the Texan or the you know yeah. the uh the Jets are in trouble, but like oh yeah, for sure, for yeah, sure. But um, and Robert Sala just needs to love your Robert Sala, but you just need to shut the hell up. We'll get there. Um, we'll get there. <laughs> but um yeah, no, I don't 
I don't put too much stock into week one. Yes, it's a win. Um, I, again, I don't really, you start to see the, what the teams really are uh, after week three or depending on what team that they play against. Like for my birds, they play the Vikings on Monday night football this week. So for me, that's, that's a, that's going to be a sign of what it is for both of those teams. Uh, because I believe the Vikings are going to be around at the end. And I also believe the Eagles are as well. So I think that's going to show what both of these teams have. Uh, but again, it's also early in the season. You don't, sometimes you need to catch your rhythm, your stride later on in the season. And that's what happens. Teams catch momentum later on the season and they ride that to a Super Bowl. I mean, again, we we started last season not thinking the Bills, I'm just going to be the Bengals would make it to the Super Bowl. And guess yeah. what? They made it to the Super Bowl. So it's, I don't invest too much really into the first five weeks. But beyond that, you start to see. And week three is really it for me. So no, Sam, none really. How about for you? Uh, I don't. I mean, I... I... I think there we just talked about the Rams a little bit. I'd be a little concerned. I think they're really well coached and there are some deficiencies on this team that'll be exploited. I think they lost their center for I'm not sure but Brandon Allen. I think it's Brian Allen. Allen. Their center Allen <laughs> is out for a while. Um so I mean there's some deficiencies on the team. The Packers, uh, you know. Did, their receiving core did not look good, but it's Randall Cobb and a bunch of rookies, and it there's going and Sammy Watkins, and there's going to be some hiccups there. They need to throw the ball more to Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Um, the Niners, I think, I think, you know, we we talked about Trey Lance needing to finally have his time, especially after giving up all that draft capital for him. Mm-hmm. But I really think, and you mentioned it earlier with jimmy g probably not going anywhere i think they kind of know what they're getting in trey lance or they're worried about trey lance and it was it's hard that that game in uh in chicago was an absolute mess i don't think i've ever seen a messier like condition for a game so for justin fields or trey lance i don't put much stock into how they looked but they were both dreadful like it was it was pretty bad. Um, uh, update real quick before we go yeah. to our next segment. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett has now said that he regrets his field goal decision. Uh, he said, looking back, it was it definitely uh, looking back at it. We definitely should have gone for it. Yeah. Okay. It. The moment got too big for you. We understand. Hey, Live good for him. To, yeah. Good for him yeah. to not stand up there and be like, you know, we, you know, it we, was my decision. That's we stand it. by our call. Yeah, yeah good for him, yeah. man. That's a, that's a that's, that's a, a learning moment. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good moment. So, mm-hmm. who know? Again, it's very early. He's going to have a lot of big moments like this. So, yeah, good for him, man. Well, I mean that. With that being said, let's go into our winners and losers of week one, and I'll start with mine. Uh, they wrote me off, but I didn't write back. Well, I'll say it again. Man. They wrote me off, but I didn't write back. Geno Smith, uh, kudos to you, man. Uh, He said this last night. Again, when you guys hear this, it'll be Monday night that he said this on Monday Night Football after beating uh, the Broncos 17-16. to He was the backup for Russell Wilson last season. He 
He's him and the Seahawks won this game. Uh, he played a, a solid game. He didn't do too much to get him out of the game, but he also made some plays, especially the one when the pocket broke down. Uh, he escaped the pocket and do a little lob pass to a wide there his wide open tight end uh, who just walked into the end zone, could have crawled into the end zone on that one. Um, but Geno's been through a lot. Uh, Sam would know this very, very well as he was the number one pick for his team. Uh, second round pick. Second, second round pick. pick. I'm sorry. You remember he famously sat there sulking in the draft. Oh, well, thanks, Siri. Thank you. I didn't need to talk to you. I didn't touch you at all. Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, see Geno as your quarterback and then Geno bouncing around a little bit. Um, it's good for him. I like I like a redemption, a redemption song. And and in that being said, I, I have an honorable uh winner winners here uh that would be Jameis winston and marcus mariota uh as they've been tied together in the history of football long time uh, they both have some they played against each other the first game of the season and they both played extremely well uh so kudos to both of you uh, sam who's your uh first winner you should have saw my uh jets uh friend chat on um, mm. our, our buddy dave's in it and the way that uh, everyone was reminiscing about how Gino played last night and just the jokes about, man, I, you know, he looks better than Joe Flacco it was kind of like, it was like a very strange place for me. It was like, wow. Like he does look better than Joe. Flacco. He, he does look better than Joe Flacco though, but yeah. But, I mean. Yeah. We, uh, this is the cool thing. And we've mentioned this on this podcast before Brandon and I spend a week just sending each other stuff back and forth and we rarely even comment on it because we want to keep it for the show and we didn't see each other's winners and losers but we have a lot and we kind of weeded through it um but we both have this as a him as a, a winner it's it's our boy saquon barkley 194 total yards 24 touches he had the first td of the season for the giants and the you know uh moment in giants uh for the Giants, that was a big moment for Giants fans that they've been waiting for for a while. That two-point conversion was yeah. uh, a, a ballsy play by uh, Brian Dable. And, uh, you know, Saquon looks good, man. He said at the beginning of the year, like, like F him, I think he said, and he was going to make people notice. And uh, he hasn't been right since the, tearing his ACL a couple of years ago. And he looks like he's, you know, he's playing for a contract, that second contract. He's playing to you know, redeem, redeem himself here. And I, dude, he looked great. Saquon, Saquon, Saquon. Uh, for those that know me, know how much I love this man. Yes, I said that I love this man. Um, I've been watching him since the first day he stepped on Penn State's campus and knew that he was going to be a problem. I would share it in my group chat with Harrison and Dame. And I said, I don't know if you guys have ever heard about him. And at that time, they didn't. Like, a lot of people didn't outside of Penn State. I was like, but you're going to hear about him. And then he showed up in the bright lights against games against Ohio State and was running all over people. And then they started calling him Legatron and, and all this other jazz that I absolutely loved. And then he got drafted by the Giants. And my heart fell out of my ass, and I felt some type of way about it. Uh, but... Saquon did his thing in the first couple of years. He had a definite decline when OBJ left uh, because all the attention was on him and teams were just loading the box. And then, as Sam mentioned, uh, the ACL injury. But to see him back and running the way that he once ran before, like the only person he reminds me of when he runs is Barry Sanders. And that is my favorite running back of all time. 
My second is LaShawn McCoy. Um, but just seeing how he runs, how strong he is, uh, and he is the best player on the Giants. There's, Let's not get it twisted. He is the best player on that team. Uh, Brian Dable is doing the right thing by getting behind him and knowing that that's his best player and scheming it up right for him. Uh, this is going to help Daniel Jones uh, for sure, even though I still don't think he's that guy, but it's going to help him out a whole lot. So, yes, Saquon is is both of our winners for sure. 164 rushing yards. Um, that, yeah, super, super happy for him about that uh, for sure. Uh, Sam, yeah, since, uh, since we both had the same winner, you give me your next winner. I'll say, too, on Saquon, for the Giants to have any chance, it's Saquon's got to look like that. Um, yep. Kenny Galladay looks like a ghost. For some reason, Kadarius Tony got like five touches or five plays he was on the field for. Something's going on there. Sterling Shepard looked, you know, when Sterling Shepard's your, the guy, you know. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, but, yeah, my, my turn here. Winner, I'm going to say Lamar Jackson, quarterback, Baltimore Ravens, uh, from, from uh, ESPN legend, reporting legend Chris Mortensen. Lamar Jackson rejected a six-year contract worth $133 million guaranteed at signing, which is more than Russ's 124 and Kyler's 103, but so short of that 230 fully guaranteed that Deshaun Watson got. Um, so total contract value, and that's always, you know, guaranteed money is everything in the league, but total value could exceed $290 million. It would be... Uh, would be right up there with uh, average per year. And he turned it down. It's a big, uh, you know, I'm and he's representing himself, which is, can be dangerous, yeah. uh, but it showed it, it's, it's a, it's a tough time to be a NFL GM right now because that Deshaun Watson contract turned the market upside down and every player is going to think that they deserve that. And, you know, we, we want players to make their money, but, uh, you know, it's a, it's a big uh, uh, I'll show you moment here, a la to what Aaron, Ju uh, Aaron Judge did in March and April. And he's, I mean, Aaron Judge is having a, a hell of you know, a, year. a hell of a year, MVP year. So yeah. we'll see. I mean, Lamar put on some, put on some muscle. He's, he's, he's ready to play. Um, he looked, he looked pretty good against the Jets. Um, and yeah, good, good for him. I hope, you know, I hope he stays healthy. I hope he balls out and then put the Ravens in a corner. Unfortunately, they have the, for him, they have the the luxury or the um, franchise tag. But yeah, unfortunately. I, I'll we'll say see this. how that works out. I'll say this. First off, stop putting Shohei Otani in the same category as Aaron Judge this year. Aaron Judge is hands down the MVP of the league because if it wasn't for him, the Yankees wouldn't be where they were. That's a whole nother topic. Anyway. Yeah, yeah the Angels uh, aren't even in the playoffs. No, and I don't no. even know where Aaron, where the Yankees would be without Judge. Nowhere. Literally nowhere. I don't want to think about it. Um, Lamar, uh, he is a winner for betting on himself. I pray nothing happens. Yeah, uh, it's, knock it's, on, it's knock on wood. Nerve-wracking, man. It is knock on wood because I really, really enjoy him because he's just he's me in a sense. Because I love when people doubt. People have doubted me when it's come to created these podcasts and continue to go. People have doubted me every step of my life, and I just go out there and like, okay, I'm just gonna show you. So 
that uh, him and I have in common for sure. And anybody that has that in you, that dog in you, that you don't care, you're going to do what you're going to do anyway. Uh, I have love and respect for you. I'm just really, really concerned that he's being influenced by other people. Um, and seeing that that inflated number that was given to Deshaun Watson of $230 million, um, guaranteed, uh, nobody else has gotten that, uh, not even Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. So that's just the Browns being the Browns. Uh, and they wanted to get their guy, which I still think is absolutely stupid that they paid that much. But you, it's, it's whatever you value that person as. I think Lamar should have ran with that. But I, if he has a great season, I think he's going to get paid a whole lot. Um, that's, yeah, that's how the this market works, though. It's like, well, this guy got this. So yeah, it's like, yeah. well, this guy hasn't played football in a year and has 24 civil suits against him. And he got $230 million guaranteed. And you're only going to give me 116, 133, whatever he got. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I you mean, have I, you have a like he's I get it I again I I agree with you I think not having an agent is you know um, not to question his intelligence or or his business savvy but I I think the wrong people are probably in his ear because uh, it's a you know this is where players can get taken advantage of and I hope he's got kind of the right console console, console behind him to like help because. Yeah, I, uh, I, I just, again, to your point, I mean, I, I know you agree with me. I just think teams are going to have a hard time, as you said, trying to explain to people, like, that's just the Browns giving that crazy number. Like, we're not going to go out of the way and do that. Like, if if that would make – he would be the second largest guarantee at quarterback right now if he took that contract. Correct, Sam? I th- I think so. I, yeah, yeah. Okay, so – so think about that. He's the, he would be the second largest, and it's a hundred, basically a hundred million less than what they guaranteed for Deshaun. Like there's that that number is just it's so inflated and so beyond me as to why that is what it is. I mean, I guess the Browns just wanted to make sure they get their guy because they haven't had their guy in so many years, and they went and got a guy that had all this baggage. So I mean, to each his own. But I. I I'm just I'm just gonna bet with Lamar. I'm gonna rock with Lamar. I'm, I believe he's gonna stay healthy. I believe he's gonna do all the right things. Uh, let's just hope that's what it is. Um, my other winner is Justin Fields. Since we're talking about quarterbacks, um, and we talked about O lines before, and we're gonna talk about O lines again uh, because that seems to be the constant issue, uh, especially with some of these really really good quarterbacks. Uh, Justin Fields doesn't have the greatest O line. Um, they have not given, you know, the best protection to him and yet, and still they beat a Niners team that, uh, was just in the NFC championship and could potentially be back there again with the caliber of players that they have. Uh, yes, it was a messy game. Uh, but to see him out there having fun and doing what he had to do against another guy that, uh, has been in the league for now, this is his second year as well too, uh, for Trey Lance. Uh, just seeing these guys or seeing him play that way. Like I, I have faith in him. I still hate the school that he went to hmm. and the school that he decommitted from, uh, because it was Penn state. Um, but did he re- I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, oh. I did. I did very Salt much. So. <laughs> it hurts my soul, Sam. Um, I'm scorned. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm super, super happy for him. Uh, in the Bears organization for getting this win because I don't think they're going to get many this year. So uh, I just hope that he does well and continues to do well because he's 
he's got a bright future. If they can protect him, Sam, good Lord, good luck, good luck. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about it last week, another team where they just really didn't put much around him. David Montgomery is not, is probably not the future at running back. Yeah. Darnell Mooney looked completely, um, like he was completely covered, did not get any kind of separation. None. Um, and again, it was a, it was a messy game, so it's going to be a long season for Bears fans. Um, but yeah, he's he's got the talent. Um, but that line is a lot of people say it's the worst line in in football. It may it may be uh, might be, it but might be. Uh, we'll see. It's going to be a, a long season for Fields and the uh, the Bears here. My uh, my last winner here. We talked about it already, and we talked about it when he signed that or redid his deal, Jimmy G. Um, he's either going to be the 49ers uh, starter in a couple of weeks, or he's going to be on a, a talented team. Someone, yeah. you know, someone, if it's not the Cowboys losing, you know, Dak, you know, hopefully not, but another star quarterback could go down. And this is, this is why he got that no trade clause. So he can kind of position himself to where he wants to go and, if you're not going to start for the Niners, at least, you know, at least you can go somewhere where, where he could play and win. So yeah, winner, definitely. Uh, especially after this week, Jimmy G. Okay. Uh, losers. Uh, I'm going to have you start right off, Sam. Uh, who's your first loser? Uh, I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers. Loser. Um, he kind of, Bill Simmons used to have this phrase is called the Manning face. Do you, do you ever hear this definition where it's kind of like, I prepare, you know, like where they pan to Peyton or Eli when they were playing on the sideline and they just oh, looked, faces at the Eli end, looked yeah. like dumbfounded. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, I prepared all week. I'm smarter than you. I'm more talented than you. Why did this happen? And that's kind of like how Aaron Rodgers looked on the sideline of that Vikings Packers game. His receivers had 12 catches for 120 yards. His old wide receiver one, Devontae Adams, went 141 on 10 catches for a touchdown. Again, I think the receiving core will be okay. I really like Romeo Dobbs and, and Christian Watkins' future, but it's going to be a long season for them. And it's hard to, when you don't have that much talent on your on the outside there, to lose a guy like Devontae Adams. The Chiefs have enough talent to figure it out but you know aside from aaron Ro- aaron jones the running back or aj Dillon might lead the team in receptions they also didn't have alan lazard so i'm gonna say aaron aaron Rodgers was definitely a loser in week one well he should have shared that ayahuasca with the rest of his team um because clearly uh it didn't help and i mean this is never mind i'm not gonna go the way i want to go with him um my uh my first one is the Bengals and their O line. Um, we saw what happened last season with Joe Burrow getting touched multiple times uh, throughout the whole season and uh, having ass to grass because uh, his O line could not protect him for anything. And guess what, Sam? Can you guess what happened in the first game? He got he was touched. on his ass a lot. Yeah. Yes, he got touched. Seven sacks five turnovers this man was touched and he just came back from injury if i was him i'd have been like all right coach i'm gonna sit down for the rest of this game until my o-line shows up 
because you guys spent a lot of money this offseason and I ain't seen where that money went. So I'm going to sit here and not worry and, and heal myself until you guys actually want to play. Now, obviously, he had some clutch moments in that game because um, he's just clutch as as well as Jamar Chase. Uh, but if for if he could have stayed upright uh, and only been touched once, I'm sure they would have won potentially in blowout fashion. But again, he didn't really play due to the surgery. So I know the Bengals will be uh, a better. I'm not really worried about him. But if that O-line, they got to do some of that O-line again this offseason, that is going to be something else, man. Um, um, nobody wanted to win the steeler Bengal game. That was, it was a mess. I mean, Burrow rebounded pretty well. He had four picks and a fumble, but he ended up throwing two touchdowns and had 338 yards in the air but yeah uh it was a five overtime possessions for both teams and four game winning kick attempts so uh definitely a, a messy messy game in the uh where was that game cincinnati right yes yeah yeah speaking of uh messy sam who's yeah your next loser hey it's uh it's the chicago bears and particularly soldier field yeah, I know there was there's a crazy amount of water in Chicago right now and flooding, but like seriously, really? And, and now and and people get upset when they're like talking about the the Bears moving out of downtown Chicago into like a yeah. suburb. But like, did did you watch the game? <laughs> like it was they were like uh, just like kitty pool it was like a kitty pool out there like i could put my daughter my nine-month-old daughter in there and like she could just splash around like it was it was a mess man how do you play football with that i was watching fans in the stand with their popcorn buckets yeah you saw that yes poor dude he paid like 12 bucks for that thing and then obviously they were out there at the end of the game slipping sliding on the field which that was funny that was was really cool but i mean sam sent me he, he was like did you have you seen soldier field and i was just like mm, what do you mean and i was like i'm assuming something's not going well and he sent me and it was just foot covered in water and puddles on the field and it's just then washing it and seeing how how much of a, a fishbowl that looked like uh how much of a tsunami type thing that was going on in there it was it was terrible to to have that display for an nfl team or just to be in that region and have a stadium look like that like it was that was not great conditions. I'm sure there's multiple people that got sick after that game due to that inclement. Weather. Oh, definitely. The over under was 35 and a half points. I took the under. Mm-hmm. I won. Well, that's very, very smart. You probably saw the weather and you were like, yep, I'm going to yep. take that. One. I'm going to do that. It dropped too. I think it, the over under was like in the forties. And once I saw the condition, Vegas like dropped it. Of course they did. Cause uh, they know what smart. they're doing. Uh-huh. Um, team that's not smart. Um, <laughs> uh, that I have is one of my biggest losers is the Cowboys. Uh, uh, yes. Do I hate the Cowboys? Absolutely. But do I feel that the Cowboys made some huge mistakes in this offseason and could have had a really, really good team again this year? Yes. Uh, allowing Randy Gregory to walk, uh, allowing Amari Cooper, your best wide receiver to walk, um, to, to lose, uh, some linemen like, uh, Lionel Collins, um, to not get a better backup, I also feel is also an issue as well, too. Um, I don't feel that they improved anywhere after the season that they had. And if 
normally when you're that close, you try to do everything in your power to capitalize on and build upon that. Yes, it was a heartbreak the way that they end, how most Cowboys fans' uh, season ends. They always end in heartbreak because they think they're going to go somewhere. This season, I this last past season, I do truly feel that that was a, a heartbreak for them starting off so hot and being one of the best teams last year. Uh, but they didn't do anything to capitalize off that. And so I, I, I truly want to give the Cowboys fans this more than the actual Cowboys because you keep investing in this team that does not put out a product that is truly, truly good except for last year for you guys and you guys keep thinking that you're going somewhere. Uh, I'm trying not to to be crucial uh, or, or harsh when it comes to this because I know what it feels like when your team's not doing the right thing for you guys. Um, and I'm watching what your team is not doing right for you and it's just going to be the same thing over and over again. Something's got to change. And until that point in time that something changes in the front office and they actually start getting uh, players that they need to get and retaining people and putting coaches in the right place, uh, I don't think they're going to be anything. A lot of people saying they're going to essentially tank to get Sean Payton next year, and that's who Jerry really wants, and that's great. They can get the, the coach that they want to get. But last I remember when Sean Payton was with the Saints, they haven't won anything in quite some time either. Now, did they, Sam? 2010, right? Oh, okay. That's, that's cool. And they were in the uh, NFC Championship games a yeah, bunch of times. But yeah. That's true. And they haven't won. So, I mean, yes, you can have a guy that's going to get there. But the problem is the Cowboys, just like the Yankees, are expected to win every year, right? They're expected to be there every that's year. A, and, if, and that's a target they put on their own back. Yeah, that is. That they is, want to, that is. They want to be America's team. That's mm-hmm. okay. But um, you know what really sucks? It sucks for football fans too because the four one of the four twenty five games this week is Bengals Cowboys. Mm. I would love to watch that game mm-hmm. if Dak was on the field. Yeah. And now it's going to be like, yeah. you know, it's a completely different. Uh, there's they're going to be in so many primetime games. This happens every year, and it's it's nobody's fault, but. Yeah, uh, it happened. Yeah, Injuries happen. Speedy recovered to Dak. Again, I actually like Dak, so speedy recovery yeah, to him. Same. same. Um, and uh, let's see if you guys can, as Cowboys and Cowboys fans, if they can salvage their season. Uh, that's really going to depend on when Dak comes back and what he's like uh, if and when he does come back. Sam, who's your next loser? I'm going to say it's Baker Mayfield. After the game where Baker. he uh, – his little revenge game where uh, – he, he actually rebounded pretty well, but they ended up losing to the Browns uh, on a last-second field goal there. After the game, he said, everyone made this out to be the Super Bowl, but there are 16 more games, and the Super Bowl isn't until February. But before the game, on a podcast or a radio show or something, I'm sorry I don't have it, I'd give it credit, uh, Baker basically said, I'm going to F them up. And he was talking about the Browns. So, like, dude, again... This is a, a broken record for this dude. Like, you caused, you caused this. You yep. opened your mouth. You were you you said you were gonna f them up, and then you're walking it back and basically saying like, why is everyone treating this like the Super Bowl? Because you're letting them. Yep, Come on, I'm I'm, I'm over I'm over him. You know the the P- Panthers got what they wanted. Matt Rule's trying to save his job. Good luck. Have fun. Throw the ball to CMC more. He needs to get more involved. And DJ more too. But come on, man. And, and Robbie. Um, but yeah. that was – he actually spoke to a reporter um, from the NFL Network. And 
he said it to her in confidence, apparently. And then she said that oh, okay. she wasn't supposed to share it, apparently. Um, but again, if you know you're speaking to a reporter, it's, yeah, I mean, live, it's live game. You wanted that to get out there. You just didn't want, you wanted the, uh, the escapability. Uh, you didn't want to have the accountability. Once it went out there, be like, yeah, I didn't really say that. Right. But to, to act as if people weren't going to make this a big game, as soon as the NFL scheduled you two to play against each other, the two teams, it was going to be a big deal no matter what. Just like it's going to be a big deal when Deshaun Watson comes back and the first game that he plays is against the Texans. Yes, the Texans aren't relevant, but it's going to be him against that, and there's going to be a big deal made of it. Anybody that's going against their old team, it's going to be a big deal, no matter what, no matter where you go. Look at what Especially as you're, right, yeah. you're as controversial as, as Baker has yeah. made himself out to be, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I've said it before, it, it's... It's 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 given Johnny Manziel vibes, which apparently there might be a Johnny Manziel documentary coming to Netflix, which I'm so happy if it does. I'll be the happiest person to see that little scummy McScummington on TV. Um, but I put Baker in that same category. He's just just another cocky quarterback uh, that is vertically challenged that uh, and I respect the vertically challenged part, but just keep your mouth shut. There's another guy that's vertically challenged that just played Monday night football, Russell Wilson, and he's won a ring. There's another guy that was vertically challenged, uh, Drew Brees, that actually won a ring as well too, right? So there's guys out there, there's Kyler Murray out there that doesn't really speak too much. Yes, he has had controversy, but I will take Kyler over Baker any damn day in my life, right? So uh, yeah, Baker can kick rocks. Um, my last one is I mentioned him before. And I said I'm not going to judge a man on their worst day, but I have to because it's a podcast in this one. <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett is – him and the Broncos are definitely my my one of my biggest losers here uh, because the Broncos shouldn't have lost to the Seahawks. But this is why you play the game, right? Because everything on paper said the Seahawks were going to march out Drew Locke or they're going to have Geno Smith. They're tucking it in for this season to try to get a number one quarterback next season and go from there and build off of that and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And then they came out here and they won. Regardless if there was a mistake made by the coach, who's now walked back his mistake, um, they're still a loser, especially for being in a division that they are in in the AFC uh, West. Uh, but I'm telling you right now, all those wins, all games count in that division. So the fact that they lost this one, yes, I know the Raiders also lost as well. Um, but this each game for anybody in that division is going to mean a lot. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not going to go too too hard on him. I'll give him a pass this time. But if something like this happens again, best believe I will be the first one on here to talk so badly about Nathaniel Hackett and the Broncos. But, uh, yeah, also, Russ, you're not off the hook for that. You've been playing – little sketchball in recent years too as clutch as you've been sometimes you're not and sometimes there's some decisions made that i'm just like mm, eh. so you're not off the hook either so that's it for winners and losers sam hey uh we haven't done this in a while we forgot to do it last week but if you want to do uh some picks for week two yeah let's go right All down right. uh and you can be a part of this on our instagram page at chasing points podcast where Every uh, you know, game day, you can vote for who you think is going to win. And last week for week one, our fans were seven, seven, and two. Mm, interesting. And we didn't do picks. Yeah. Actually, I remember my picks. I did a little better than that. 
Yeah. But Thursday Night Football, week two on Amazon Prime. The uh, That's going to be fun to watch that. Al Michaels and, and uh, Kirk Herbstreet. Chargers at Chiefs. Chiefs are favored. Who you got? Mm, here we go. Speaking of uh, AFC West. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. All right, I'm, I'm going, going Chargers. I think uh, I... Either team could win this. I I love both of these teams. Um, I think the Chargers' defense is is definitely better than what uh, Kansas City saw last week. With uh, that's for sure, especially with no JJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, Panthers at Giants. Giants are favored to win. I don't know the last time I saw the Giants favored to win. That's that's cool. I'm gonna take the Giants. Actually, I am too. I'm going Giants. No. I'm not going to go to Giants. I, I wanted to go Giants. I think the Panthers are going to actually win this game. I think they're going to pull it okay. out barely. Yep. Bucks at Saints. Uh, I got Saints. All right. Saints usually give the Bucks fits, um, but I'm going to go Bucks. Okay. Look at us not agreeing this week. I like it. <laughs> uh, Jets at the Browns. Uh, I definitely have the browns on this one yeah definitely have the browns sorry sorry. all right i'm going it's all right i'm going jets just because i don't think jacoby Brissett's very good um but nick chubb and kareem hunt uh this just in are very good there's another one patriots at steelers did i miss the patriots at the steelers you you did but i got your back that's okay okay thanks bro okay it's okay look at that um i have the steelers winning all right, I'm going to go Patriots. Okay, we are not agreeing at all, and I like it. I don't think we have one. Uh, this is this, this is, is going to be interesting. This is good. Uh, that means somebody's going to have a really good record or somebody's going to have a really bad one, or it's going to even out. We'll see. Dolphins uh, at Ravens. Ravens. Ravens are favored. Ravens. Right. I'm going to go Dolphins. Hmm. Okay. I don't know why. I'm just going Dolphins. Now I'm just going to just go against you. You're not going to go against me in this next one. I promise you that. Colts at Jaguars. Colts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not happening. And you're not going to go against me on this next one either. I guarantee the that too. Commanders at the Lions. The Lions, Lions. are favored, man. When was, Lions. Did that even happen last year? Uh, no. Uh, Lions. Yeah. Yeah. How about the Seahawks at the Niners? Niners. Mm-hmm. Same, bro. Same. Uh, Falcons at Rams. The Rams are nowhere gonna, no way gonna lose two and zero. And ironically, at home this, too. And, well, not ironically. Just to let you guys know, losing that first game is the first time in Sean McVay's coaching history that he's under five hundred. Yeah. So that's think wild. about that. Um. So Rams all the way on that one. I said that at the top of the show, but it's all right. Yeah. You know. It's okay. Just, you know. This is just. This you is, know, in case you weren't listening. I don't. I don't listen to you sometimes. Um, <laughs> Tex- <laughs> Texans at the Broncos. Redemption for uh, your boy Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, more like redemption for Russ. And they lose this game, then everybody should be fired on that team. Broncos. Let's ride. Same, bro. <laughs> All right. Uh, Cardinals at the Raiders. I'm going Vegas here. This is going to be a good game uh, because yeah. whoever loses this is 0-2. So this is going to be a really, yeah. really, really good game. Good um, but I, I'm going to go Raiders as well in this one. 
All right, same. And uh, aforementioned Bengals at Cowboys. Yeah, I don't even know why we have this one on here, Bengals. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think the Bengals go on too. No. Um, Sunday night football. Uh, do I have to watch the Bears at the Packers? I mean, you don't, but it's going to be on. Uh, and the yeah. Packers definitely win. I, I will. Yeah. Packers no, I love Sunday I... night football. I do too. I'm just kidding. I love Sunday. I, it's, I love the music. I love Mike Tirico. Um, Jason Garrett wasn't even that bad. Like I want to like, no. Um, and, uh, what's her name? Maria Taylor. Oh, Dungy. I love, I love NBC. I love the, uh, Sunday night football. So I will definitely be watching, but bears I, at Packers. I have Packers, but I'm, I'll be so happy that I probably won't be watching this game. Cause I'll be in Bermuda. So if any, if any Sunday game that I'm going to miss this year, a Sunday night game, this would be the one. So I'm very happy. I'm not going to be truly locked in on this one, Sam. So, yeah. Uh, you're going to miss it. I, I, Monday I'll, night I'll football. There, there's two Monday night football games on uh, on Monday. At 7.15, we got Titans at the Bills and uh, Vikings at the Eagles. Your Eagles at 8.30. So Titans, Bills, who you got? Uh, the Titans are going 0-2. Uh, Bills will be that, and uh, Ryan Tannehill is going to be on the hot seat after week two. So, have fun with that. Okay. After week two, all, all right. right. Yep, I agree. I think the Bills are gonna gonna win this game. Uh, Vikings at your Eagles. Uh, this is gonna be a closer game, a real, real close game. Um, if the Eagles pulled out the defense like they just did against the Lions, which I'm I'm not gonna disrespect the Lions. I think they're gonna be really really good this year. Um, but as I said, for every team, um, you got to remember that the opponent has several months, and this is the only time in the year that a team has several months to prepare for you, so they know you inside and out. So this is going to be a real test. But I'm not going against my boys, so it's Eagles for me. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Eagles too. I think oh. it'll be. I know there's a lot of Viking slander from me. Mm-hmm. In the last couple of weeks, but I think the I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be a good game. Well. I'm excited to watch it. I'm interested to see what they probably announce this, but what team or what uh Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are are doing which game? They're doing the Eagles. Game. Um, I have no idea. Uh, they I'm are doing, the Eagles, doing the Eagles game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, okay. Cool. I, I'm excited to see uh two Dan Orlowski in the in the booth for uh with Steve Levy and uh, I think Lou Riddick for the other game. So that'd be cool. Shout out to Dan Orlowski. So I mean, he was a terrible yeah. quarterback, but he uh he made up UConn, baby. In, in, in commentating. He's, Dude, he's, he's so good doing that. Like the breakdown of film is yeah, he's he's really, really good. I yeah, I like watching him in the morning or on NFL Live. And yes. he's fun to follow on Twitter too. Um, UConn represent. There you go. Uh again, you could be part of this uh conversation on our Instagram page at Chasing Points Podcast in our stories uh every game day. Uh, we post, uh, you know, who you got. So again, our fans were seven, seven and two last week. Let's see what we can do to, uh, to beat them this year. Uh, but in the NBA, we're going to switch gears here to not much going on as training camp is around the corner, but big news today as uh, basically the Phoenix Suns and uh, Phoenix Mercury of the WNBA governor, Robert Sarver has been fined $10 million and suspended for a year following an NBA investigation. The probe found that Sarver used racially insensitive language, made sex-based statements, treated female employees unequally, and engaged in bullying. 
you remember Hayes, this uh, this investigation was basically following a article on ESPN by Baxter Holmes in November of 2021. Uh, he interviewed more than 70 current and former Suns employees, and it revealed that you know all of these this uh, dark history of racially insensitive language, misogyny, and hostile work environment. Um, you know, I'm going to spend too much time on this. Obviously, this is uh, worst kept secret in the NBA over the last, you know, since the story broke and uh, no one's really a fan of Robert Sarver, but your thoughts on that? He, he can uh, kick rocks. That's my thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. He can kick all the rocks, uh, start with the biggest ones, and then work your way down. Um, I don't give a damn about this this person. I don't give a damn about anybody that, that speaks in this manner. Um, it seems to be a trend to me in corporate America, um, from a certain generation that carries over to that. Cause I don't really see it much. And, and the younger generation and, and how accepting, uh, we are of others, not saying that it still doesn't exist, but, uh, the, the older times and those that are still the gatekeepers still have this seems to be them that are always in the news for this messy stuff. And it continues to happen. Um, so I, I don't care for people like him or that stand for anything like him. So he can, he can, as I said, kick all the rocks in the world. I'll leave my very, very choice words to myself. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that will be where that's at. So that's all I got to say about him. That's yeah. Well said. I got nothing else. I, I uh, co-signed with, with that uh, kick rocks, bro. Uh, <laughs> honorable mention time. Here's some, uh, some just things that were in the news recently. I know we, uh, we didn't get to talk about these two legends hanging it up last week because we were just focused on football. But Serena Williams and Sue Bird, basically, are Serena's out at well, the U.S. Open's over now, but uh, was eliminated after a couple rounds of the U.S. Open, and uh, Sue Bird hung it up. Um, so, your thoughts on uh, just two legends uh, in their own right? Well, first, I. I hope Serena lets us know if she's really hanging it up because everybody's been saying that she's hanging it up. She hasn't officially said that that was. She's not even it. calling it retirement. Yeah, 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 she's not recalling it. She's not calling it anything. It's just she's just allowing the media to, to say whatever they want. And she essentially said that you know if if I continue to go, I hope you guys are there to support me. Like she alluded to that. Like she, there's a potential chance of her continuing. So that would be something that if she did all of that at the U.S. Open. And then she continued to kind of be like, oh, kind of like her her Jay-Z fade the black, black album type situation. Like, yeah, you thought I retired, but I'm not really. Um, but if if she did, which I think she probably will, um, I think she knew what it was. She she took that moment in. She just is going to say it at her own time. But uh, uh, kudos to her. Uh, again, she's not only one of the greatest female athletes, she is one of the greatest athletes of all times uh especially to have her story and know where she's come from uh some of you may never get the opportunity to go there i'm also not encouraging you to go there uh, because it is dangerous but um in certain spots but being in compton and, and walking in compton with my cousin and seeing the places that she grew up in not many people make it from there um so to know that and that's why her and tiger kind of have a, a bond tiger didn't have that upbringing but uh coming from you know, not really having everything and then turning into something. Uh, I absolutely love and respect that for her. Sue Bird, uh, <laughs> she could still be in the WNBA finals right now uh, if it wasn't for some of her fellow players uh, <laughs> and some of the mistakes that they made that were blaring. Don't know if you saw those highlights, Sam, but 
I'll talk to you about that off because yeah. I don't want to shame this young lady, but um, any other time I would. But Sue Bird uh, humbly bows out. Uh, she made it to the playoffs, literally one step away from being in the finals. Uh, phenomenal career, uh, phenomenal basketball career in general, and just being such a, a great human being. And, you know, I have a huge heart for her because when you're from New York and you're a baller, you're just in my heart no matter what. So shout out to you, Sue Bird. Uh, love the hell out of you and love that you always wore Kyrie's on the court and there was always special Kyrie's made for you. So shout out to her. Um, One of nine players to earn an NCAA title with UConn, of course, WNBA title and an Olympic gold medal. Mm-hmm. And she has several of yeah. <laughs> of those, all of those. So yes. uh, props to, to Sue Bird and, and to Serena. I know we, we talked about it when we thought she was, you know, when when she won that first match and ended up winning that second match um you know hell of a just career and just both icons in their their own game here a couple quick honorable mention in the baseball world albert pujols passed a rod for fourth most all time with 697 uh career home runs and did you see he ended up giving the ball to the couple that caught it because the uh I believe the, 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 the woman's the wife's uh father yes. recently passed away yeah. like yeah. oh come on Albert like great just yeah uh, his reputation up. you know just again he's just standing up for it Albert Pujols is the man uh he's this cool future Hall of Famer first ballot no doubt one of the best right-handed hitters of all time um and then I don't know if you could hear the commotion in my home uh, the Yankees promoted their stud outfield prospect, the Martian, Jason Dominguez, from High A, Hudson Valley, right around the corner from us, to, to Triple A or Double A Somerset. He had a 1.2 OPS while with the Renegades. You're holding up his rookie card. Uh, I got several of those, too. You're welcome, Hayes. Yep, um, uh, the guy's a stud. Uh, he was a little overmatched when he what his first taste of professional ball earlier in the year, but he turned it around in Tampa tore it up here. We both got a chance to see him again, right around the corner with the Hudson Valley renegades, a great place to just take your friends, family and and watch them the future of the Yankees there. But Jason is, is moving. Honestly, I'll say faster than I thought he was would through the uh, system here and, I would not be surprised if he's up in a couple of years. He's only 19 years old, dude. He's, uh, I'm super, super excited for him. I mean, we both are. So I just really, 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 really can't wait. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. It sucks that Sam and I weren't able to get our, our signature there, but we're going to get it somehow, some way. Um, and I'm just happy to see him ascend. He is outside of him, outside of Volpe. He's definitely my favorite player a favorite yankee prospect period and i just know he's going to be a problem so uh i would suggest you guys go out and buy cards but then that means there's less for me and sam so don't go buy cards let us just buy them or you buy them for us my birthday is next thursday so you can just buy me one and send them over to me or 10 and i appreciate you guys for that so yeah 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 2020 bowman i'm staring at one right now mm-hmm great card um and you just that's what you just propped up yeah jason's the man it's um i'm glad this so far has panned out again double a is is 
definitely a challenge compared to single A. So we'll, we'll see what's going on there. Hey, you want to play Do Your Care real quick? Yep, let's, let's go. Hey, uh, the college football board of managers has decided that in 2026, they're going to a 12-team college football playoff. Do you care? Yes. More football or more teams, more more of a tournament style. Uh, I feel like they they've witnessed what March Madness does and how exciting it is. Uh, college football is exciting in itself. Uh, so j- just to have that and see how the tourney goes and potentially, you know, the the top four or top two, whatever, have a buy and and seeing all that play out. Like, I, I love that, Sam. I love I love tournament style. Anything really um, it, it allows people to kind of feel that pressure of like, hey, we got to do this or we're gone type thing and gives them another chance because you play the game and it could be anybody's day on that day. So I just like seeing that. So I'm all for it. How about you? Yeah, I um I like it. I think especially in the gap between like, you know, the Heisman and, and the end of the, you know, uh, the conference titles and like the first week of December. And then we have to wait basically for, you know, the, the big, bowl games to the beginning of January I think to fill that time would would uh would be cool to see too um it kind of eliminates that like teams on the bubble you know the the fifth sixth seed teams end up uh you know they deserved a shot it hasn't always fared well when these teams on the bubble kind of get a chance to to be in you know in the top four there, but uh, you know, it'll lead to anything can happen, especially you mentioned March madness. I mean, we see it all the time. I think it'll be fun. Um, and it's definitely going to generate a lot of revenue for the, uh, for I'm assuming ESPN who will have the rights and, uh, and these schools too. So, um, hopefully players get a cut of that too, but yeah, I, I definitely care. I think it'll be It'll be fun. I think it'll dilute it a little bit, but it'll definitely the product a little bit, but it'll it'll be fun to watch for sure. That's for sure. Uh do you care? You alluded to it earlier. My boy, Jets head coach Robert Salas said that the Jets are keeping receipts on people who are mocking their current struggles and and past struggles. And uh yeah, I'll take this one. Do I care? Yes, I care. I get it, Robert. I, I agree with you. I mean, you want to have that mindset, but you also don't want to put up bulletin board material, especially from a team that no one that jet fans are excited about the jet, the New York sports scene is excited about, but on a whole, I don't think the jets are really a problem to anyone. Um, I think they definitely got more talented. I think there's talent on this team uh, and I hope, Zach Wilson pans out, but to throw bulletin board material out there, it's just, it's just, I don't know why he needed to say that. That's something that you say behind closed doors in your locker room, but. Somebody needs to, I, I don't care because the Jets aren't my team. I only care about, I like Robert Sala, so I care about Same. him, Um, but I also care about New York. And I say all that to say this is, Somebody needs to let Robert Sala know that New York is petty and that the newspapers and media outlets keep way more receipts than you. So you're not going to win this battle of receipts. Uh, You're definitely not going to win this battle if you don't have a product to put out there on the field that is going to be viable. So uh, good luck to you, brother, because you're going to need it. Um, That whole Jets team is going to need it. Uh, I don't even want to go to the point of putting – 
bulletin material on there for anybody's. I don't think teams are, yes, obviously teams are going to take this team serious when they're playing them, but in totality, I don't think anybody's taking the Jets serious at all. So, Robert, I hope you're keeping receipts on yourself. That's because you're going to need it. Dude, he's been he's been at DC for a long time. He's been the head coach in the New York market for a year now. Mm-hmm. Again, you can totally believe this, and I believe that he believes it, and I believe his team believes it. Yeah, but like, it's just it's not it's not what you want, man. No. Like, it's just I hope he. You know what? I hope for being a Jets fan, and and I think you'll agree with me because you like the guy too, and you like Joe Douglas. I hope he's right. I hope you know. Well, also, what are you gonna what are you gonna actually do? You're gonna get up to a podium and be like, "Yo, uh, Connor Hughes of the Athletic, like you said in week three that we, you know, like what are you? Who's he talking to? Is he talking to the media? Is he talking to fans? Is he talking to other teams? Again, I don't think the other teams care. No, they don't. They don't at all. So, I, yeah. So I I don't know exactly who he's talking to. Is it just giant fans? They don't have anything to write home about either. I don't. I don't know who he's talking to. I didn't see the whole um, press conference either. Uh, and I know he was later on with Michael K on his radio show and he reiterated some of these points too. I, I don't know, man. Good luck. Yeah. I, I'm rooting for you because, well, because I like to be miserable and I'm a Jets fan. So <laughs> I'm rooting for you though. Hey, uh, did this did this trailer drop today? I know you sent it to me today. Uh, I think it dropped today. Do you care? There is going to be a doc dropped on Netflix on October 7th about the 2008 Redeem team. You remember them? Uh, these are from the guys behind the last dance. And the doc's going to recap the 2008 gold medal Olympic men's basketball team. Uh, they won gold in Beijing. You remember that final roster featured 11 NBA All-Stars, a Hall of Fame coach, and two MVPs. That's right. I'm talking about LeBron, Kobe, D. Wade, Dwight Howard, Bosch, Mello, Chris Paul, Jason Kidd, to name a few. I'm pumped, dude. Uh, th- this is this is cool to see the candidness. Um, you know, it focuses a lot on looks like on what Kobe did to kind of uh, energize his team and get this team focused and uh, just. LeBron and, and company being really candid. I'm I'm excited to to see this uh for sure. Uh if you think I don't care, you should probably turn this podcast off and never listen again. Uh but I want you to stay, so I'm gonna tell you that I do care. Um and I care so so much, especially when it comes to anything basketball, but when it comes to a lot of my favorite players of all time, um, are right there. Um that Kobe and D Wade alone would make me watch it. Kobe D Wade and Chris Paul alone would make me watch it. But then you have LeBron, you got Melo, you got Bosch, Jason Kidd, right? You have so many phenomenal players and just knowing and being alive during this time and, and remembering what happened and watching that team fail prior to and Kobe coming like, yeah, nah, I'm not gonna literally from the words of his mouth. He was like, I'm sick of watching you guys lose. Right. So he knew what it meant. He knew what it stood for. He understood where it should be. The legacy of is where where men's basketball, the men's basketball, the championship could go through us no matter what. Yes, we got cocky as well. That's the team that lost got cocky because they're the U.S. Right. As if there weren't other teams out there. But 
since that point in time, the U.S. has showed like, yeah, we know there's a lot of good players and there's there's guys growing up and, and getting better all around the world, but we're still the best in the world. This is why you come to our country and play in our league, the best league of basketball in the whole entire world. Uh, so to see and hear most pretty much every other person that is probably going to be in this documentary is still here with us. It's unfortunate that we won't hear Kobe. Uh, we'll hear because he's spoken in many interviews after that. So we're going to hear cuts from that, but it's just unfortunate. We won't get to hear his perspective, um, but it's going to be real nice to hear the likes of LeBron and, and D Wade talking about the influence he had on them because he changed, he changed a lot of people's mentality after that. Um, and, and he influenced, as we know, he influenced a lot of players in this generation. Uh, but then to also see those infamous practices that I've heard about, right. You heard about the dream teams practice. Yeah. Where it was one of the craziest practices or pickup games you'd ever see in your life. So to right. kind of see this footage and we did see glimpses of it when this was all happening and so on and so forth. But, uh, this is going to be everything and I cannot wait for it, especially because during the winter time, fall, my favorite time of the year, uh, I'll be inside the house. So there's, this gives me something to watch, Sam, something to definitely watch, which I absolutely love. Um, also something that we didn't mention on here, uh, Derek Jeter's number was retired. Well, Staying he was enshrined, right? Ceremony, all that good jazz. So he made the hall of fame in 2020, but there was no ceremony because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And then the ceremony was last year. And, Yankees didn't have a, you know, they had some limitations on what they could do. So they honored him this year. I had to do you care up here. We'll get it. I'll just throw it out there now. Uh, Hal Steinbrenner got booed with presenting Derek Jeter yeah. with a check for $222,222.22 to his turn two foundation. Um, uh, but yeah, it was really cool to uh, see Derek Jeter on the back field yeah. back at Yankee Stadium. I was there the last time he was there getting his number retired. That was such a cool moment. But to be able to, I recorded it and uh, watch it with my son and just explain to him who Derek Jeter was and how important he was to this Yankee team and how important he was to me as a just baseball fan was, I don't think my son got most of it, but it's okay because (laughs) it was a really cool moment. Something you kind of just, you dream about. You can say that you brought him there for it. I mean, my buddy brought his daughter to the Serena's last match, not knowing it was going to be that. And that was her first ever tennis match professional watching. So to say your first ever match was Serena's last one, but Oh no, I didn't bring uh, Ethan. I recorded it. We oh, watched. Oh, okay. I thought you brought Ethan. Okay. But I remember 96 home opener. They played on yes all the time and snow, Andy Pettig against the Royals in the mm-hmm. snow. And I remember being like 10 years old being like, who is this Derek Jeter guy just running around the bases. And that was like, just the hustle and, and, you know, he got me from there, man. One of my first moments at the stadium. So I can totally relate to that Serena moment there. Cause I just kind of feel like, I mean, we're, we're lucky as Yankee fans. We talk about it all the time. We, we came of age in sports around that time. And we were very lucky to see yep. that dynasty. Um, and it kind of shaped, you know, how we look at, at sports really. Uh, so. Definitely, definitely did. And sorry for my, misspeaking about the retirement oh, but um it's all no, good, I'm, man. Not saying, I'm not saying yeah. to you i'm not apologizing you kick yeah kick i know rocks ham um, not, <laughs> kick um rocks. <laughs> uh but no uh just just to see him back there and then when hal that's the real reason i wanted to bring up when hal was getting booed he said i wouldn't boo him if i were you 
essentially leading on to something else. And there's been rumors about Jeter coming and working with the organization to what capacity. I don't know, but he must know something that we don't know, obviously. Um, but I think he was letting us know in so many ways that there's something in the works, either if it's judge's contract or it's him coming there. Uh, I, I know he just led on to something and I guess we're just gonna have to wait and find out. So that's the only reason that I really wanted to bring that up to see if you, you felt the same way when, when he said that. I initially thought that, and I don't discount that. I hope he's involved and he did say, you'll be seeing a lot more of me, Mm -hmm. which was really cool to see. I also think it was kind of a note to being in Florida and being with a really cheap owner. And he basically you know, the reason he left Miami was they just had differences and he wanted to build. Correct. He wanted to build a team and it didn't sound like whoever owns the Miami Marlins wanted to wanted to do that. And I think when you have an owner like the Steinbrenners who just, you know, you, we can sit here and disagree with some of the moves that Brian Cashman has made, but yeah, how like his father has opened up the checkbook, um, I actually, I like Brian Cashman. I like the moves he's made um, over the years. There's been times where I've, I've questioned it, but Hal's always opened up the the checkbook and has written the check. And mm-hmm. I really hope he, uh, I really hope he does it with Judge here. But yeah, I think there's definitely more Derek Jeter in our future. As That's for sure. For sure. And it's, it's good because he belongs in a, he belongs in Yankee Stadium for sure. So uh, that's it, man. Pleasure uh, talking sports with you, as always. This has been episode 69 of the Chasing Points podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Check us out online, chasingpointspodcast.com, and on Instagram at chasingpointspodcast. For Brandon, my name is Sam. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We'll be back next week. Peace. That's a good podcast number, by the way. Anyway, um, so gentlemen... I want to I want to congratulate us. Uh, we we weathered the storm. Summer is almost officially over. It ends on my birthday, the twenty second. Again, you can uh, send any gifts you want if you want to hit us up on the uh, pod DM us. I will give you uh, a place that you can send me all your gifts. I appreciate that in advance. Uh, but gentlemen, I want to say to you, uh, I know summertime. We've spent a lot of time with our ladies, our, our partners. Uh, and we did a lot of trips and, and all this stuff to spend time because we knew what this season brought to us. It brought 2K23, and it brought football to us. And right on the horizon is playoff baseball. I want to say, gentlemen, I want you to cherish this time. Remember your, your partners, your significant others at this time. But this is our time right now, okay? And I want you to, to understand that you worked hard for this time, okay? You enjoy that beer. You enjoy those wings. You enjoy the camaraderie with your brothers in arms while you sit there and go through an array of emotions while watching your team win or lose. Gentlemen, this is for you. Hey, uh, Hayes, you're going to be on the show next week because you're going to be in Bermuda. But I just want to say happy birthday. Thank you, bud. I appreciate that. I, I do appreciate that. Uh, and I'll expect your gift too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> on that it's note, in guys, the mail, bro. <laughs> I will see you guys uh, in two weeks. Uh, bye.